0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Late Night Rentals. We're giving a final push for our month of labor pains. There's been some ripping, there's been some tearing, but it was all for the miracle that is our bundle of joy, Cinema. I'm your host, Brandon, and join with me is my co-host and good friend, Ryan. Ryan, you doing well this evening?
1: I'm doing, I'm, I'm perfectly adequate. How are you? I'm not too bad, I'm not too
0: bad. You know, there's really only one question I walked away from this movie asking myself. What's that? How serious is the art of selling shoes? Because look, I, I know it's not like selling cars. People walk into a shoe store, you know, expecting to get shoes. So how much coercion does a shoe salesperson need to administer?
1: Well, you got your high end shoes. Um I don't know the brand names, but you know, your your heels, your pumps. Uh, then you got your low brand stuff like your New Balances or your Etnies. You know, there's a big dichotomy, especially, you know, if you want to be either in the mall or basically looking like a department store. You know, you're going to get different clientele. Obviously, different people are, you know, that are going to be used to different ways of, deal- of being dealt with.
0: <laughs> All right, renters. With that being said, get out your membership cards and get ready to <laughs> with us. Tonight, we're renting
2: for keeps. Ah, young love. It can lead to so many wonderful things.
3: I'm pregnant. Can you pass the turnips?
2: Like babies. Oh, my God. You are huge. And marriage. Excuse me, sir. Are we married yet? Melly? Yes, Melly. And divorce. This is my house. Get out of my house. But where there's a baby, Molly Ringwald finds out it's for keeps. Premier Sunday, February 19th on HBO.
0: So one of the first things I actually want to mention is as I was going into the title Four Keeps, I didn't give it the question mark that I seen when starting up the movie. The actual title is Four Keeps? Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, I've seen that. I think it's that way on IMDb, uh, if I I remember correctly. But yeah, and it's one of those things where I I don't put it on there. There is a, a theory or like a myth in film that if you put a question mark at the end of the title the movie is going to bomb and I think I think the only one that you can point to as not being like a failure is who framed Roger Rabbit but I don't think they put the question mark there
0: interesting I never knew that it was I because I, that was one of the first things I wanted to ask you tonight was what was that overall decision for just removing the question mark
1: well let's look at it let's let's think of some movies you know you know for keeps not very successful whatever happened in baby jane cult film but only because it's campy as shit what's the worst that could happen the danny devito martin lawrence masterpiece um what planet are you from a late nichols film uh, about aliens and trying to impregnate a woman i mean those are just ones off the top of my head but yeah i think i think it's because there's that you know the you want to have your movie be successful and give it every opportunity. So you allow your superstitions to get the best of you and you decide to take the question, you know, make it from a question to a statement, which I mean, does kind of get rid of the tension of the, the middle part of the movie when they're trying to decide whether to give it up or keep it. Instead of being, instead of being for keeps it's for keeps.
0: So, uh, those opening credits. Let's get right on into that shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part. So at the beginning, when they're establishing uh, Molly Ringwald's character Darcy, and then I don't know anyone else's name in the movie, but Stan, the her boyfriend, they you're introduced to Darcy, her mom, and then her friend. And her mom's like a francophile, super into French stuff. Talks constantly about their trip they're taking to France, and how um, Darcy and her friend are going to stay the night on uh, overnight on a campus. Um, I'm assuming it's Washington or not Wash. Sorry, Wisconsin and Madison that they're going to, because this takes place in Kenosha, which is a very random city to pick mm-hmm. for something like this. I guess you want to get the, like that blue collar feel. There's this long drawn out sequence where they're talking, like explaining everything's going to happen, and then. Her and her friend pull away, just around the corner. The house is on the corner, but like Stan is just waiting there in his his beat up the uh, Volkswagen Bug, and like they're gonna have scon together for the weekend. But like the whole thing is the the friend is covering for her, but they're literally just around the corner from the house when they trade off.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and not only just a beat up bug, but it reminded me of the loner in the mask. Oh yeah, it's uh it's pretty beat up. So they, uh, what, I, I'm trying to remember, because uh, I, I was almost almost on the floor laughing, just the ridiculous behind this, but they don't even get, what, halfway to their destination, and now it's raining, and they're starting to have sex on a blanket in the middle of the woods <laughs> while raining.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, like, it just cuts to it. Like, they're <laughs> just, and like... There, I, I, I thought they were just laying on top of their camping equipment, like they had just rolled out their tent without putting it up, and they're just laying on that. And I'm thinking, like, because it, it, when it cuts to it, it's already raining. And yeah. I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure the sun's setting in the background, but I, it it just kind of has that orange glow. Um. So maybe it was like a set or something, but yeah, they go, they transition really fast, and here's then we get the, those credits.
0: Oh my god! So here's the beautiful thing is. Not only are they having sex in the rain in the woods, but while they're love making, it's superimposed with a creation of an embryo while the opening credits are going on.
1: <laughs> I I paused the movie so it, it shows them kissing and then it cuts to I don't even know I don't even know what it is. It's like I don't know if it's liquid hitting her cervix or if that's supposed to be the ejaculation going into you know whatever, but. Um, it cuts to this thing where like a cloud of something goes, you know, inside the human body and then it cuts back to them. And then it cuts to like a microscopic image of uh, little sperms swimming up the um, either the canal or no, it starts with the birth canal, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like it cuts back to them. So I thought it was going to cut every time back to them having sex, like to build to a crescendo at some point, but it only cuts back to them twice. So it's very let down. But I had to pause the movie, watching it on Vudu. had to pause the movie and call my wife over so she could watch it with me. Because yeah, it was just great. so <laughs> fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's, it was one of those where, because uh, Shreya watched it with me as well. And that whole moment happened. We kind of just connected eyes. It was like, oh, no, what are we getting into? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So it's just the weirdest choice. I'm so sorry. I'm probably going to harp on it a lot. It's just the weirdest choice to do. Oh, it is. It definitely is. I think
0: that's, that's one of the things, uh, another issue I like, I'm going to bring up a lot is tone. Oh my goodness. This movie does, it has no grasp on what tone it wants to follow. And that's like, so the moment I, I, again, I'm sure like that whole opening credit scene wasn't supposed to be taken funny, but Dude, I already I thought maybe this was a comedy. It's set up. It's staged with them having sex in the woods. It it feels staged, uh like a parody, like almost like a black comedy. And I was like, what is going on? Like I I know I'm not supposed to be laughing, but I am.
1: Yeah, I think I I felt it was okay totally up until the point like the Christmas where they they tell everyone they're keeping the baby, because then after that it goes fucking haywire. But like that's when they're building the romance. That's when they're just establishing the characters before they really hit you with the drama of the movie. And I think it does fine there. And I think I find I found the characters likable in that that bit. I really enjoyed just the moments between Darcy and Stan when they are having their relationship stuff, building up the the romance and the the backstory between them. And I got invested into them. Um, and again, like I said, after Christmas, it kind of goes off the rails. But for the first 20 minutes of the movie, maybe, it's, it's not bad. See, I, I was behind
0: both Stan and Darcy as well. However, Stan already, they were just, especially there was one moment where, I don't know, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way before the Christmas scene. And I mean, he straight up gaslights Darcy at one moment on their school lunch. <laughs> Where he's like, you know, give it up for abortion. And she's like, what'd you say? Abortion? He was like, no, I said give it up for adoption. She's like, no, you said abortion. He's like, no, I didn't, babe. I, I said adoption. I'm like, dude, ew. This is. I, he was gaslighting hardcore in that moment.
2: What's he supposed to do with his body? Should they come and babysit? You hmm. can always give it up for abortion.
3: I mean, adoption. That's
2: what I said, adoption. That's what he said, adoption.
3: No, he didn't. He said
2: abortion. No, I said adoption. I
3: heard you stand loud and clear.
1: You heard me wrong, okay? Oh, and he says, she says, no, I heard you. And he goes, well, you heard wrong. Yeah, exactly.
0: I was like, oh, God. And that was one of the first clues that made me think, man, when they have this kid, is he going to go down like, you know, a verbally abusive, going to go off and start drinking? Which, uh, <laughs> well, he <laughs> does. <laughs> <That's>,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I blame I blame the influence of Polly Shore. I think that's what really drove him into the, the arms of the bottle.
0: Poly Shore. What the <laughs> fuck is his lame ass doing in this?
1: I just I don't know, I, I saw the, so they get married and everything and they have like the small ceremony in this chapel and then like all their friends come streaming out. <laughs> and then like the last person is looks like Polly Shore. I'm like, is that, that Polly Shore? And mm. then maybe you know, 15 minutes later in the movie, they have some friends over to their apartment. And, yeah, that's Polly Shore. Yeah, I had to wow. do a double
0: take as well. I was like, that can't be. What the fuck? He must have stumbled on set. And then the director was like, oh, you're an up-and-comer. Let's just put you in here.
1: You got the attitude kids these days like.
0: <laughs> hey, buddy, you got your girl <laughs> pregnant?
1: I think one of the big turnoffs early for me, and I think that that's probably why you felt that the tone was a little little off even from the beginning is that some of the side characters are, are played strictly for laughs like the like Stan's father yeah um, is a,
0: by uh, Kenneth Mars who um, if anyone is not familiar with that uh, he is Otto and Malcolm in the Middle
1: and like he's he's a buffoon but then he'll have moments where he's you know the sensible leader of the family and they just don't mesh well Mm -hmm. Um, you have, you have that kind of stereotypical, well, I can't even think of the word for it. Like the younger sister is, she's talking beyond her years. Like she's, she's not saying things, but she somehow knows things that are, you know, she shouldn't know. Like she shouldn't know about abortion. She shouldn't know about French kissing and all this stuff. And like, uh, Darcy's mom is just annoying as shit because she's super one note.
0: Yeah, she there were there are two women in this movie I actually loathed. One was Darcy's mom, who was played by I, I forget her last name, but her first name's Miriam, real name, but all I know is that she's cousin Catherine in the National Lampoon movies. I could not stand her mother, and I could not for the life of me stand her guidance counselor. Her guidance counselor says a fucked up line, but it's just how her guidance counselor came off. So Darcy at this point is pregnant and she's wanting to continue high school, but her guidance counselor is said, you know, Darcy's like, no, the school's not going to force me to take night classes. I want to, want to graduate with my class, but the guidance counselor says, no, honey, the school isn't forcing you. I'm ass- or like, I'm forcing or I'm asking you to take night school because you being pregnant, walking through the halls, is going to encourage other girls to want to get pregnant. It's just as popular as suicide.
3: i someone to quit school. I think it's unethical and unconstitutional. Look, can we do this tomorrow? Oh, God forbid the school should be embarrassed by letting a pregnant girl walk around. I don't give a damn if the school gets embarrassed. Look, I could get fired for this. The school is not asking you to drop out, Darcy. I am. You are? Yes. This is a small town. You are editor of the school paper. You are popular. I see girls every day who want to be like you. I've seen it happen, Darcy. Pregnancy is contagious, like suicide. Oh, give me a break! I'm only having a baby. How many teenage girls in this country do you think get pregnant every week? Twenty thousand. Oh, so I'm just to feel guilty? It's all my fault if twenty thousand girls go get knocked up? Nobody's asking you to save the world, Darcy. Just to do the responsible thing. Think about it.
0: And I was like, Yeah. Oh my fucking god.
1: I thought that was weird, too, because like pregnancy is not like a communicable disease.
0: I was not expecting a line like that to get thrown out. It was weird.
1: But that I mean, that's that's after they decide they're going to keep it and everything. And that's when because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the scene or two before that is when Stan pushes his father into the Christmas tree for telling Darcy she should have kept her was it kept her mouth and legs closed or something like that yeah and that like that's what sends the movie down to from feeling like not not a great coming of age movie but like a decent coming of age movie to something that's just a high budgeted after school special. I really felt like sitting through this I when they recon when they reconcile at the end I I wasn't for it at all I think they should I think they should have separated. But again, they're not going to, it's the 80s. They're not going to do that. That's kind of like a post 9 11 world scenario. But I think it just stands a fucking asshole.
0: Yeah, I don't like him at all. That whole Christmas scene that you just mentioned, when he pushed his father into the tree, I was like, whoa, this got extremely (laughs) weird and dark. And again, back to that tone issue that I have, immediately after pushing his dad into the Christmas tree, they start walking outside. And in the background, you hear dun 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 And I'm like, what is going on? We just witnessed a son physically push his father into a Christmas tree. You've got uh, the father, you know, yelling at Darcy, you know, you should have kept your mouth and legs shut. Uh, And I'm just like, what is going on?
1: Because they were, yeah, which I thought was pretty, I thought was pretty, I don't want to say new agey, but, uh, or progressive. They had Darcy's mom be a proponent for getting an abortion and stan's father the proponent for keeping the baby now they they base stan's father's thing on their catholicism their religion but yeah i thought that was pretty because i didn't expect them to even bring up the abortion thing but i mean i guess fast times originally high that was i mean, might have been a topic that yeah. people were really hard up on about but yeah, I was I was pretty surprised by that. Now, granted their conversations are very surface level about the issue and the way the film deals with it is very surface level and it's it's forgotten entirely after like 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised they even went that far.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things where you know, I there's another uh extreme pressing issue that they touch on briefly. Uh and I was ex- again, it was one of those things I was expecting it to go somewhere else just because of how they led into it. So when Darcy ends up having the baby, uh she has that which I I guess is a fear that a lot of mothers have where they just don't feel connected with the child. And that's what Darcy starts. So like they're in the hospital and, and uh Stan has to go retrieve the bill and he's like do you want to hold her? And she like shoo's it away. And then there's another moment when they're in their shitty apartment where he goes off to work. He leaves the baby with her because then there's like a whole party scene where they have friends over and she just ignores the party lays down in bed sort of just glued to the tv not wanting to move just slipped into a deep depression so then when he leaves the baby with her the first thing i said to myself was like oh man with her feeling the way she does towards this baby i was thinking it was going to either be one of two things one the baby was going to cry and cry and cry and she was just going to ignore it or two she was going to start yelling really like frantically and violently at it but it didn't happen and I was just like, OK, I don't it, that's where it was getting hard for me to follow along. It, the movie makes you feel like something's going to happen, but then just diverts it into a new direction within mere scenes.
1: Yeah. And I rolled my eyes at the the moment when because she has postpartum depression and she is sitting at her typewriter typing some report or some article or something I'm not sure exactly what it is it's about how she feels about the baby and how she can't really quite connect to Theodos Theodosia? Theo. Some, I don't know. And then there is uh, she hears a sound and then there's shadows uh, on the fire escape outside her window so she calls the cops and then she picks up the baby to protect the baby and that's it that's Mm -hmm. how she overcomes her postpartum depression
0: (sighs) Ugh Yeah, <laughs> talk about It's the laziest approach.
1: Yeah, I, like, I, I really like. I thought if they were gonna do that, at least have like we could have had a hush thing where she gets you know you know a little slice in the belly, what have you. But no, no, just uh, and then it turns out it's her father in law, and that's when he overcomes his selfishness and and falls in love with the baby, and it's just it's lazy i think
0: yeah it's exactly there's i this movie is uh, i think it's mean-spirited it's misguided and it, it it the way it's shot and the way it play the way it handles the material it feels like a weird psa for not to get pregnant for teens that i mean that's honestly what it feels like especially when they start slipping into hardships i'm just like this is so over extreme of what what you could be you could be showing an honest depiction of struggle but this is like a caricature of struggle. It, it is almost borderline slapstick how it handles some things.
1: Yeah, it really, it really hit me when so, just out of almost fucking nowhere, Stan becomes an alcoholic because <laughs> he, like, I think there's one scene where he mentions he's going out, and then a couple scenes later he comes home and uh, Darcy has all these candles lit, and he thinks it's like super romantic. And then she says it's because we turned off, because they turned off the electricity. And he just like flips his shit, because the bills, like he, you know, talks about the bills not being paid, and and why do we have to ha- why, why do we always have to have a, uh, a carton of chocolate milk in the fridge? Why do you always have to have your French roast bullshit? And then he says he's going out, and she says where's that? He goes where? What does that mean? He goes it means what it always means, and then he just leaves.
2: La la. Someone's feeling very sexy.
3: They cut off the electricity, Stan.
2: What do you mean they cut off the electricity? Didn't you pay the bill? Of
3: course I paid the bill, but the check bounced because we had to make a double hospital payment this month.
2: And what about these? You don't take care of bills by stuffing them in a shoebox.
3: Well, we didn't have the money to pay them. What do you expect me to do?
2: We're in deep shit, Darcy. No kidding. You have to do a little bell tightening, that's all.
3: You have to do more than that. Hopefully, I'll have a job by next week. Maybe it's just time that we ask your dad for some money.
2: What? I do not take handouts.
3: Oh, sure. Better let these start and hurt your precious pride. We'll
2: do less entertaining. And there's no reason in God's green earth we have to have chocolate milk in the fridge at all times or French goddamn roast, goddamn coffee.
3: You know, Thea's medication is costing us a fortune, now Dr. Barrack is hounding us for his bill. And really we spend $35 a week on disposable diapers. Why in
2: the hell are you buying disposable diapers? What's wrong with the cloth kind of like my mom used on me, huh?
3: You know you sound exactly like your father when you just said that?
2: I don't have a father.
3: Stan, this is not getting us anywhere, okay? We gotta do some planning. What about college? How are we gonna pay for college?
2: College? What are you, in outer space? We can't pay our electric bill. Forget college, Darcy. We're not going
3: let's think about this okay maybe what about next year maybe we can save up
2: we're going to be here next year and the year after that this is it home sweet home i'm a roofer and you if you're lucky you'll go to beauty school
3: we really aren't going are we we're really not going to go anywhere
2: oh yeah i am i'm going out for a beer
3: oh well, good why don't you just rob a bank while you're at it
0: yeah
1: i'm like i'm like (laughs) i i like i guess they established he has a hair trigger when he pushed his dad into the christmas tree but like we don't really outside of that we interactions with his own father we've never seen him like blow up at anyone so for him to just all of a sudden now be apparently a closeted alcoholic and then it only gets worse when they move in move in with darcy's mother uh where it gets basically like you said cartoonish levels of like a stare like what the drunkard stereotype is Mm -hmm. it's it's just yeah it lost me very quickly
0: (laughs) that's a good point to bring up that you know that hair trigger response that he has you know it starts when he pushes his father into the christmas tree and it's it it almost makes me wonder when did they as the writer and director when did they decide to bring that up because if he is is quick to react for his father calling darcy you know uh, you should have kept your mouth and your legs shut and flipping out over a light bill don't you think he would have flipped out over darcy telling him she's pregnant that would probably been like i think if you were wanting to establish him in that way that is where you'd want to do it or you know not only that when she announces the pregnancy to him but then just announcing the pregnancy um, in general to the family during thanksgiving you know, because, I mean, his father even almost, like, not directly towards her, but sort of just shouts at Darcy's mother where she's wanting to get an abort- abortion. And I forgot what led into it, but all I remember is that his father was like, stretch marks are the badge of a real woman or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I just, I didn't understand the decision other than I think... Again, I, they got to a point where they're like, OK, this is where all men start getting abusive and drunk and they hate their home life.
1: Yeah, I like I said, I that's I tur- that's when I turned on Stan completely uh, when he just all of a sudden became an alcoholic. And I think Darcy's plan to, f- to fix everything by divorcing him and kicking him out so that way he goes to Caltech to become an architect is dumb. Like, it, you're not going to make him happy, like, logically. I get it, she's 18, but you you, you think this thing through, right? You're going to, like, that's the father of your baby. You're married to him, maybe not legally, but, like, you guys had a ceremony. You have a ring. You've been faithful to him. And, like, you're just going to kick him out with, you know, using, like, his alcoholism as the excuse just so he will go. To Caltech, you have his friends trick him into going away to Caltech because you think that's gonna fix everything. Even though he, I mean, at first he was you know madly in love with the baby and the grand. He's an alcoholic now, and all alcoholics only care about it it's the booze. But like that's not gonna solve anything, Darcy. But like oh yeah, Darcy says that to his friend Stan too when she's when she calls up the university, calls up Caltech and says to hold the place for him because he will be going and then he has like 3 days. They have 3 days to trick him into going. I don't know, I just the whole plot, the whole third act's uh thread is dumb to me.
0: Especially since there was another moment where uh, I thought for sure I was like, okay, so they have already made him, they they've now given him the the short temper. They've now given him the alcoholism and there's a moment where he's in a car with one of his fellow classmates, uh, another I forgot her name, but her she sort of uh, is like Darcy's arch nemesis, the one that's always picking on her. And then there's a McKayla.
1: moment where...
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, her and Stan are... Right, he stands riding in her car, and there's a moment where they pull over, and it's, you know, set up in the classic way of, like, she's going to hit on him. He feels unloved, and he feels angry about his situation, so he's going to essentially cheat on Darcy. But then he doesn't. And I'm like, what? what? How how are you painting this man like if you if you're gonna go the cliche route why set this up only to, which i get it i get it's to you know show us that oh he really does care about darcy but again that's where that tone gets weird for me i just i didn't know what direction and i don't think they knew what direction to take stan either
3: i
1: think it was just a red herring uh, michaela set up as a red herring just some sort of villain you can have Uh, In the movie, and then when you're under the assumption because the setup would lend itself for you to believe that he's going to cheat on Darcy when he chooses not to, that's when you're supposed to buy wholeheartedly in his quest to get Darcy back. But again, that doesn't cure his alcoholism. That doesn't cure his temper. You know, it just means that he has enough wherewithal not to cheat on the mother of his child and his wife.
0: Right. It's just a Band-Aid at that point. And, you know, Band-Aids, like all of them, they eventually fall off. And then the wound just reveals itself again. Like, that's all he is at this point. Walking away from this movie, I felt afraid for Darcy. I was like, woman, <laughs> like in another, what, two, three years, you're going to probably pop out a couple more. You're going to be single and you're going to be requesting child support. Like, that's, that's your future. Like, this man is not going to do anything for you. I was worried for him. Yeah.
1: No, I definitely i I was there with you like i said at the beginning i i I don't think they should have stayed together just because just because you have a child isn't a reason to stay with someone i think her mother uh as you know much as i may not agree with you know herself as a person is pretty accurate in that you know she doesn't like stan she thinks stan isn't good for darcy anymore and Stan has shown his his true colors like he can have good moments but that's not gonna make up for you know the sort of violent outbursts he's had with throwing shit around their apartment banging on the door in the middle of the night uh, trying to embarrass Darcy in front of her mother
2: she's driving me crazy last week she told you had too much lipstick on that pissed me off
3: she's a mother they do that
2: oh yeah they put notes on the toilet on you to put the seat down you're dead. Oh shh. Oh great. Now we can't even talk.
3: We can talk. Just don't make that noise. It sounds like we're
2: making love. Oh, it's so cute the way you say that. Making love. How about making hot, sweaty, stinky sex, oh darcy? You know oh, Stamp! Oh. oh, Darcy. Oh, shh. Bastard. Bastard. Don't do Bastard. this to me. Oh, would you? Oh, you learn that? I cannot believe this. Oh. Just like thing. Oh, you want more? Oh you are something Darcy. Don't oh, come me. Oh, step come on. Love it. You know you ah. love it. Oh, gosh. Oh, right now. Oh, do step. Don't fall. Oh yeah. Step come love on. It. You know you love it.
3: Break the bed. Oh. Ah. Oh. 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 Really sleazy. I can't believe
2: something. you. Oh, you are out of control. Get down. I am getting get down. Get down right now, is It is funny. Excuse
3: me, you wouldn't happen to
2: have a cigarette, would you? No, I, I don't smoke. Oh. Well,
3: thanks anyway. Good
2: night. Huh? Good night. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, they should have broken up. Should not have had that uh, romantic running through the rain to meet each other moment. And uh, yeah, he should, should have just left her on that bench.
0: Oh man, um, is there anything good? I know you said you you were sort of behind them before the Christmas scene, but is there anything that stood out to you that you particularly really enjoyed?
1: I mean, I didn't. I, I liked Molly Ringwald's performance as Darcy. I've only ever seen her in the John Hughes movies, uh, so I don't have like a, a large. Uh, selection of her filmography committed to memory but this is probably the best I've seen her acting wise like she there is a level of maturity that she brings to Darcy throughout the whole movie but she also is able to have those moments where you like she'll make she'll remind you that she is just a kid and it's not through like dialogue it's through like you know how she says a line or something like that the father is a buffoon but the guy is pretty funny uh, in the part when he's given his buffoonish moments. But outside of that, it's not, it's very bland to look at. You do have some, you know, like soft focus stuff. You do have like sunset photography, but it's, it's I don't think anything that they do is in service of the story. It's just, it just feels like the director just had the job, wants to get it done on time and, you know, get it out. Right. But yeah, I mean, else, outside of that, the script isn't very good. But yeah, I, there's not really much I, I got behind after the first twenty minutes or so. I did I picked it because uh, this was this is supposed to be Molly Ringwald's last like teen quote teen picture where she played a teenager before she transitioned into the mature adult roles um, that we all know and love her for. And it's directed by John Gavelson, who won the Oscar for directing Rocky, and only a couple years prior directed The Karate Kid, but. I was looking after watch this movie and thought it was not very good. I looked through his filmography, at least like the IMDb ratings and stuff, and he has a lot of very low-rated movies on his IMDb filmography. Some of them are like four. I think one was a 4.8, one was a, like a 5.2. Um, he he he. in the early '70s, he made this movie called Joe which um was nominated for an oscar for best screenplay and then he made this movie called save the tiger which won jack lemon an oscar in 73 for best actor and then a couple years after that he made uh, rocky and that was kind of what cemented him but like he's got some weird movies like one night of love which i think was the 4.8 um he's got ww and the Dixie Land dancers which stars burt reynolds as like a bank ro- or a gas station bandit <laughs> oh there was another night on the town which that has i think that has a 4.2 actually and that was his follow-up to rocky and it was yeah a 4.2 after you know rocky considered one of the best movies ever made yeah no i was incredibly surprised that john c abelson has so many quote bad movies to his name that's
0: that's interesting and equally a shame.
1: Yeah, I think his last, if I remember correctly, his last movie was a Van Damme picture, Desert Heat or something like that.
0: Oh my God, he did that. Yeah. Uh, that, okay, so side story. There is only one scene I remember most with Desert Heat, and it is when Van Damme is banging two chicks. <laughs> 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 he's He's banging two chicks, and, well, no, he starts off banging one and just as he's about finished with one the second comes in she's like oh sorry i don't mean to interrupt and while in mid-humping van damme's like no ah, ah, ah come here you're next and then <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing i remember most is that they he's like it's like a weird desert uh motel and the whole time he's banging these two chicks there's an old lady who is the wife of the owner of the motel She's watching Van Damme bang these two chicks through the window, drinking uh, a margarita. And she's, and I remember her line. She's like, ah, oh, there he goes, spreading the joy all to those who want it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about Desert e. Heat. <laughs> <laughs> now, did I wear out the pause button? Uh, you goddamn right I did.
1: <laughs> no, I, re- I remember seeing that um, the the video store I went to would have new releases. They would get posters and they would hang them in the window. And I remember for the longest time they had that, that poster of Van Damme with the long hair on the motorcycle, uh, just in their window for seems to me like uh, too long. Cause I feel like, <laughs> like that's the, that and Boogie Nights are burned into my memory, uh, going to that video store.
0: Oh my God. Well, Ryan, uh, I'm gonna have to ask you. We've come to this point. Do you recommend this movie?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. This is. Uh, I thought I was going to, because outside, like I said, outside of that uh, opening credits montage, uh, for the first 20 minutes, I was, I was into the movie. But no, this, this is something you can take a hard pass on. Uh, don't, don't even get it for that. You know, five movies. For five nights for five dollars deal don't even think about it
0: uh well i i, I made the boo-boo already i spent three dollars on this thing boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes thank you for allowing me to watch your rental I appreciate oh that. Y- you are most welcome
0: yeah i think the only thing i the only thing that made me chuckle in this movie uh and i made a note on it was that uh, i said stan is future al bundy that was what i took from this movie <laughs>
1: yeah i can can see that
0: (laughs) he is future al bundy but yeah guys give this a pass Uh, uh, again uh uh, if you're that molly ringwald fan who's like i gotta watch every molly ringwald movie uh, okay fine do it you're not gonna like it but do it but yeah i'm with ryan uh give this a hard new guys we have come to the end of another month labor pains is done we are now cutting the umbilical cord to this thing and next week, uh, we're going to be diving into the October months, the spooky months, with our new category, Bloody Bava, five Mario Bava movies. I know, Ryan, I know you had said at one point that you were a little unfamiliar with Mario Bava. How are you looking forward to this next month?
1: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I read this article one time that talked about Mario Bava um, years ago. I had never heard of him because... Like horror movies. I've talked to you about this. Not really my bag. I don't really, you know, get it. I don't really float to them. But um, I was looking up... I had just watched The so I was looking up other movies like it. And so on a whim, I found a couple of the Kino classics, The Bava. I think it's called The Bava Collection or something like that. And I got The Whip in the Body and Bay of Blood. And so the first one I watched was Bay of Blood and... I have not watched the rest. So uh, at the least, it will give me an excuse to watch Blu-rays I've had on my shelf for almost seven years now.
0: Excellent. Good. I'm excited. Listeners, I hope you're excited. The best month of the year is finally upon us. And even though the year might be shitty, please, if you're still quarantined or if you're still stuck indoors, use that time to listen to us as we ramble on for the next five weeks on some good classic horror. With that being said, Brian, thank you. Thank you for choosing these highly interesting movies for this month. You're welcome. And thank you again for listening to us for another month. And again, tune in next week as we begin our spooky season. With that being said, as always, please have a wonderful late night rental. The night we
2: met, I knew I, I, needed you so. A chance I never let you go